Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode three, season two of the Defending Line podcast. I am your host, TJ, and we are going to cover a few things today. This might be a little bit of a shorter podcast episode, which is probably a relief because some of them have gone to like an hour and a half. Generally, we try to keep everything within about an hour-ish, but uh, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less. So I think today's going to be one of those days. It'll probably be just a little bit less. Um, the topics that I'm going to cover and the videos and things that we're going to go over, just not that extensive. And so I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. Um, but if you missed last episode, we talked about a helicopter pursuit, watched a couple videos of that. There was two versions of that video. So it was kind of different, uh, different helicopters involved or something. I don't know what it was, but um, there was... The vehicle was being pursued. The officer pit the vehicle kind of like in between a couple cars that were driving, like one in the opposite direction and two going the other direction or whatever. And he pits them like right in the middle of them and he spins out and goes out into a field and flips over. And I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty dramatic. Um, I think somebody even ejected out of the car and somebody else got arrested in the car and it was just a mess. I think it was a stolen vehicle is what they ultimately said it was, but. Um, that was a wild video, and I definitely uh, recommend pulling up that episode in video format and taking a look at it if you haven't seen that. We do record all of these episodes in audio and video, and the audio goes up on anchor.fm, and then from there it goes to Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Apple, wherever you find podcasts. So if you're listening to this audio version, thanks for listening. I appreciate you hitting up the podcast and hope we hopefully you'll you'll do the same in the future um, if you want to see some of this content some of the videos you're gonna want to go over to our YouTube channel YouTube channel has all the video episodes posted on immediately almost immediately it takes a little bit of time I have to edit it uh, through YouTube and then I end up uploading it so it takes a little bit of time but not, not too bad so feel free to take a look at those they're uh, they're pretty amazing videos that I usually show. So they're worth worthwhile. Then uh, we have a discord. So the discord is a free, some people don't know what discord is free, a free program that you can go on to. You can click on it. You can come into the server where I am right now and you can chat by text. So there's a bunch of channels. If you want the, if I post a video or an article or a story or whatever it is, and you want to reply, that's cool. If you want to just chat with other visitors, that's cool too. Um, there is all sorts of different sections for all sorts of different things. In the middle of the Discord is what's called live broadcast. And live broadcast, if you come in while I'm on the on the podcast episode, because I do all this live, this is not pre-recorded. This is not you know, in, in my basement and then edited later for content or anything. This is 100% from first minute to last minute live. Anything can happen. And so sometimes it does. But in the middle of that Discord live broadcast, you can see that I'm currently live. And there is a section called Live Lobby. If you go into the Live Lobby, then you can sit there. I'll pull you up out of that channel. If, you know, when we get to the discussion portion of whatever topic or video that I'm covering. And at that point, you can ask a question, make a comment based on what you've seen or heard. Um, you know, whatever you want to do at that point, I'll give you about, you know, 30 seconds or so, something reasonable. And then I'll respond, I'll jump, I'll knock you out and, and throw you out of the channel. And then uh, we'll move on. And if somebody else wants to chat, we'll, we'll do that as well. You can also go to anchor.fm and through the episode, there is a comment, audio comment function. And so you click on that and you record a message and it could be, I love your podcast. Thanks for doing it. I hope you continue to do it. Or I hate your guts and you have an ugly face. And I'll be like, okay, that's cool. I agree. Um, but whatever it is, you can definitely go in there and you can, you can comment. I will refer to those comments in a later uh, episode. And so you might become famous. I'm not going to become famous, but maybe you will. And, uh, yeah, I'll make, I'll make a comment or reply or whatever the whatever your comment is. If it's 
you hate me, I'll be like, all right, cool. Well, thanks for being the listener. And then, uh, and then we'll move on. So last episode, again, the helicopter, we talked about the hero of the Capitol, the officer that stood his ground. Um, there's obviously more to the video that we don't see because there is his, his baton is laying on the ground. So either it flew out as he was running to the door, which I've had, I've lost radios. I've lost all sorts of magazines. Everything seems to go flying off a belt these days. And so, um, or in, in those days. And so we don't know what happened before, but he is in this doorway and he's kind of holding back like a hundred people, maybe 200 people. You can't see like anything but heads and people out this door and they have a, a clear open door all the way through. And so he's holding his ground. He's getting on his radio. He's saying, you know, uh, I've, I've got people coming in. I'm on this floor. And then he goes up a floor and he's like, I'm on this floor now. I'm going, I'm going and you know, I'm on this floor. And when he gets upstairs, he kind of draws these people into this little, like, I don't know, kind of overlooking balcony lobby almost. And so all these people come pouring in and then there's a line of cops ready, you know, waiting for him. So uh, the story as told was that he drew the protesters away from the politicians that were in the building. I don't know how true that is. I don't know. I've never even been in the Capitol building. I think I've been by it a couple of times when I was in DC, but uh, I've never actually been inside. So I'm not entirely sure what it looks like. Um, we also talked about qualified immunity and what it is and what it isn't because a lot of people think it's something that it's absolutely not. And they think it's something that protects the officer from criminality, from, from being charged criminally. And that's not true at all. It doesn't protect them from that. It doesn't protect them from literally anything other than they getting directly sued. Now, if you had officers that were getting directly sued all the time, the first time that they would get sued would be the day they quit and never returned to law enforcement. And so we talked about it on the episode in that the, the qualified immunity actually protects the good cops, the people that want to stay, the people that want to uh, help their communities and, and do good and, and, and enforce the law the right way. Somebody, anybody can file a lawsuit and some judge somewhere or some jury somewhere, whatever the case may be, could go, eh, maybe, and, and ultimately give this person a lot, of, a lot of your money. And I guarantee after the first time would be the last time. That would never happen again. So I, uh, I highly, highly oppose any movements to remove qualified immunity. I've never had to fall under that before. It's not something that I've been sued, but it never went through. It never went to, to trial. It never went to an actual court case. Uh, I was sued once and someone said they were going to sue me, but never did. And so this whole system's in place for a reason. It's to stop people from going out and um, attacking law enforcement through their wallet. You know, they, they go out there and they complain and then the video body camera comes back and says, you know, no, they didn't do any of that stuff. And then that person doesn't get charged. These, these police departments around the country refuse to charge people and it drives me absolutely crazy. And they say, well, if we charge people, it's going to kind of push the good people away. No, the good people will still have a, a valid complaint to complain about. If you charge someone for blatantly lying in an investigation, in a, in a complaint, then that person won't do it again. And then other people that lie and everything else, they won't do it again if they're arrested for it. So the good people will go, hey, I got a good complaint. This is my complaint. And then they're going to not worry at all about being arrested because they did nothing wrong. Okay. So you're not, you're not shying away the good people and the complaints you're shying away the the idiots the i try to watch my language on this podcast but the turds you know you're 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 trying to make the turds no longer attack the police department through complaints and and we need to stop that and so uh, qualified immunity does that same thing it protects the good cops 
The bad cops are still going to get criminally charged. They're still going to get fired. They're still going to get administrative actions. I saw it all the time. And I don't mean like all the time, like it happened every day. No, I saw it. I saw it actually occurring. And so I can tell you from experience that I've seen bad cops get weeded out, get fired, lose time, lose money, lose, lose their, their, whatever their position was, their rank, all sorts of things happen. So uh, officers are not invincible and indestructible. So um, we talked about that. We also showed the video of the uh, two videos of the officers stabbed in the neck. And we talked about how quick it could happen. And the guy's hand was down like the one video by his side. And the guy's like, yeah, you know, you're not in trouble. You're not, uh, you're not going to jail, but I'm going to put these cuffs on you, you know, just because, and, and we're going to take care of this or whatever. And then that dude spun around with that, that left hand kind of tucked behind him or beside him and stabs that officer in the neck and then runs and there's a foot chase and he goes after him. So it happens that quick. And there's another one where a girl is in the living room and the officers are in entering the room and they kind of got like a U shaped kind of around her, kind of backed her up against the wall on a TV. I think it was kind of like, all right, you got to come with us, you know, whatever. And they go to grab her and she stabs the officer in the neck. And so, we're going to play another video that I just found um, just recently of an officer that has to shoot or a number of officers. I think it's three have to shoot like a split second. I mean, it's so fast. It's ridiculous. You almost, if it was any fast, any faster than, than what's shown, you wouldn't see this person moving. Like it would just be like, and they just teleport and be gone. He comes out of the house so fast with a knife. And they shoot this guy. Um, I had never seen this video. Apparently it happened maybe a week ago or two weeks ago, or at least the video was uploaded a week or two ago. And we'll cover that a little bit more uh, when we get into it. But um, yeah, it, it's wild. And, and officers have to react in a split second, split second. So why didn't he tase him? Why didn't he shoot him in the knee? Why didn't he shoot the knife out of his hand? Why didn't he blah, blah? Because we're not stupid, okay? Because people are not stupid. Law enforcement's not stupid. You don't shoot a weapon out of somebody's hand. You don't aim for the, the shoulder or the arm or the hand or the leg or the foot. And we're going to talk about why here in a little bit. Um, first, I want to cover this video. This or this or uh, It's a video, but it's a story, um, more or less. It's wild. I've never heard of anything like this. And it's NYPD administering COVID-19 vaccinations to senior citizens in upper Manhattan and Staten Island. This is their Twitter page. This is their uh, tweet that they put out and there's an associated video. I'll click on it just so you can watch it a little bit. Um, it says our work in the communities goes well beyond fighting crime. We are committed to every aspect of public safety. Okay, cool. That's awesome. But, so here, here's the video. What you have is a female officer. I mean, clearly an officer. Badge, gun, uniform. She's giving this gentleman a vaccine. So I watched this video. I had questions. I looked a little bit, found out, oh yeah, they, uh, they have medical trained officers, EMTs and stuff like that. And that's cool. Whatever. Um, they have a medical division apparently too, and they have a doctor and they have like all sorts of stuff, which, okay, that's cool. But we're talking about number one, we're talking about a vaccine that has not been really tested I mean, vaccine came out when, like December, and it had been worked on since maybe July. So you're talking a couple months of a vaccine that was created, probably animal tested first, then trials, then getting approval from the, F, uh, the FDA or whoever, whoever does the approvals for vaccines. 
you're telling me all this occurred in just a couple months. It was pretty impressive that the last president was able to get a vaccine out that fast, but it's not entirely tested, right? I mean, can we, can we look at that, the time frame, the timetable and go, eh, that's not the safest thing in the world. Now I'm not anti-vaccine. I got a flu vaccine this year or last year, the end of last year, the last time I went to the doctors. Um, I will probably get the COVID vaccine and that's just because of my family and the professions that they work in and come in contact with people. It would probably be good for me to have it. Um, that way I don't get it in my own house and I don't get it from the kids and things like that or whatever give it to the kids but um yeah it's not it, i'm not comfortable with number one the vaccine okay again i will take it i will do my 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 duty to you know whatever mankind to take the vaccine and and not give covid to other people um i will probably not see that vaccine till like 2024 because i'm not an important person I don't, I'm not a first responder anymore. I used to be in law enforcement. I'm now retired from there. So I probably won't see these vaccines. I probably won't get one for a while. They were talking like 70,000 in the state of Colorado that they were going to get 70,000 more vaccines. You're talking about a state with millions of people. And then you're talking about other states with just... California, New York, Florida, with Texas, with so many people. Um, we're not going to have enough vaccines. And then to get the vaccine, then the booster. So we're not going to have enough boosters for the vaccines either. And the vaccine itself is supposedly like 50% effective. And then the booster is 95% is what they're kind of saying. So is it, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's entirely safe. That aside, I 100% don't think it's safe to administer any sort of medical anything other than CPR or um, for somebody that's down on the ground unconscious, like naloxone or something, you know, to give them a shot in the nose. And, and I only say that because I would even be against that. But supposedly you could give somebody 15 of those and it does absolutely nothing to them other than counteract the drugs overdose the overdose of drugs that they're on so um if it had some adverse reactions i would be opposed to that as well now we don't know what the vaccine does and so i don't think it's very safe but that aside the safety aside i am 100 not on board with this because of the liability so you have an officer with a badge and a gun, see it right there, a badge and a gun giving a vaccine to somebody. Number one, the legalities of that, I don't even know because it's never been tested. Um, it could almost be like, I, I got a vaccine at gunpoint, you know, kind of like they've got a gun and it's kind of like, Ooh, that's a weird, sketchy thing. You don't ever have vaccine. When was the last time you got a vaccine at the doctor's and the and the and the doctor had a strapped on gun? Like that is not normal. And a, and a badge and a uniform and something that of of you know position of power or whatever. They just walk in there with their little lab coat and they're like, here you go, and then they walk out. And so the legalities are a little right. But what really kills it for me is what happens if let's say this guy gets up. Okay, he says, thank you. He stands up and he passes out, boom, hits his head and dies. Just, boom, just go cores out right there. Well, they're not really to blame because people sometimes pass out when they get shots, right? So they're okay, right? Uh, let's say he gets up, let's say he goes to his car and while he's driving, passes out and crashes and kills people. Is the department liable then? Well, no, because he was in charge. He was in control of the vehicle and, and he had already left and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Let's say he leaves. He goes home. He suffers a heart attack or he suffers something, stroke, and he dies. And then 
later on, maybe even a year or two or 10 or 30, they're like, that was because of the vaccine. This person died because of the vaccine because it wasn't deemed safe enough. And it certain things occurred just right that allowed this person to die. So what would that family do? Sue the police department. So you're talking about, you know, trying to minimize lawsuits in law enforcement, right? That's always been the thing is to minimize that. And now you're creating another avenue to be sued. I watched this video and I went, oh God, like right away, I hated everything that I was seeing. I liked the, I liked the idea of the community policing and working with the community and, and giving them, you know, stuff and whatever. That's cool. But I saw this and I went, Ooh, no, this is not good. I don't care what the, the, the training is that the officers received. Um, you know, they could be an EMT. They could be a retired doctor of 36 years in an emergency room in a hospital and blah, blah, blah. I don't care what it is. As soon as you put on the badge and the gun and the uniform, you are now civilly liable, criminally liable, whatever else. And your department is ultimately liable as well. And so I looked at that video. No, no, I don't like that. I don't like that. Um, so, and there's some great comments. There's some great comments, you know, New York's finest, that's community policing. Um, God bless the NYPD, you know, all this stuff, all these, all these comments in there. This one says, why do they have to wear their guns? Good question. I probably wouldn't do it in uniform. You know, if they came down and they said, hey, the medical unit needs to, or division or whatever it's called, they need to go and uh, give these um, vaccines to people. Okay, that's sketch, right? I already just talked about why that's sketch. But they're like, in order to do it, wear a lab coat, uh, you know, don't wear your uniform. Okay, I, I guess. Like, that's better. I wouldn't do it in uniform. That's crazy nonsense. So, I don't know. I looked at this video. Um, liability screamed at me. At any time that the police department puts officers out there, to do things that are kind of above the norm and that's above the norm. Um, that is not policing. That is not, you know, doing life saving medical, you know, uh, CPR, Heimlich maneuver. Like these are things that you can be trained in and that you could, you could administer and do, um, to save someone's life. Cause they're an emergency situation and you've got to help them. This person is not an emergency situation. And so I don't like this. I don't like this stuff. But uh, anyway, if anybody in chat has anything to say about this, let me know. But um, I watched that and I, I did not like it. So the there's a video I want to play. Um, this is an old video. I've seen this video before. I then saw it again and again and again and again and again. And then... It's just now making the rounds again. And so I want to play this video. It's reminded me of some times that I'll talk about, um, but there, there's some really important points to this video. So what you're seeing, if you're watching the video or listening, um, what, what's happening is an officer is, is he's hauling balls. Okay. He's going, he or she is going extremely fast. Um, I would definitely go along the lines of reckless driving. Um, this is terrible. And reckless is one of those things like, and even careless is kind of outcome dependent you can say, oh, he was careless driving. Okay. Did he crash? Did he hit anybody? Did did anything occur that put people in danger or make, make it really uh, careless or reckless? So you might have a hard time proving it in court. Now, when I wrote tickets back in the day, if I had, say, speeding, lane changes without signaling, 
ran, running a stop sign all at the same time. Maybe they're trying to dip out on me or whatever, and I caught up to them. Um, maybe I would say careless driving. And I would lump all those charges into one. Although if I did them separately, they'd probably get more, more points, you know, and fines. But um, generally careless is a good kind of overall uh, one size fits all charge, at least here in Colorado it is. Reckless, on the other hand, is kind of knowingly being an ass clown and, and really going out of the way to be dangerous. Now, I have no doubt. I have no doubt that that officer was going to something important. I mean, he's probably, you know, gun call or shooting or whatever it is. And out of nowhere, this dip shows up in the road. Now the, the lights are green. We can see it on the video right here. The light's green. So that's okay. I'm a little concerned about this vehicle that stopped like right in the middle of the screen in the, in the, in the video. If you watch it, if you're listening, just take my word for it. Um, but there's a car with its brake lights on. I'm kind of concerned about that because even if there's no dip, let's just say it's a straight road that they thought was straight. If you lose control, a tire blows. You know, we don't think about blowouts, but blowouts are pretty uh, common, I would say. I've seen them all the time. It's never happened to me, you know, wood or whatever. But um, blowouts can happen and send you off the road. So I probably wouldn't want to be driving too fast. This is pretty fast. And then, like I said, that dip comes out of nowhere. Boom! Throws that car up in the air like it's going out of style. The sparks are going everywhere. The smoke is going everywhere. And he does not recover, or she uh, does not recover from this. So once they hit the ground, they lose control, and they crash. And I think they roll like it through a parked car. And, and I can't really tell in the video. If you look right dead center now, there's some lights. I don't know if that's a house or a car. But... He tries to, he or she, tries to correct that maneuver, that, that loss of control, um, probably by trying to turn right, you know, at, away from the curve to the left there. Goes right into, I think, a parked car and into a yard. And I saw some photos back when this first popped up of the aftermath, and it was brutal. And so I watched this, and, you know, why... I have to ask why, number one, why are we doing this? Why are we driving fast? Why are we getting into crashes? Why are we doing stuff like this? You know, you, you look at this video, they crash. What were they, how were they gonna help if they crashed, you know? And when I was in law enforcement, I was told, you know, you, you, you can't help if you can't get there, right? And that's true, but even more, if you crash on the way there, you've now taken other resources away. So now another officer's got to come to help you probably do the report or rescue you because you're trapped. Um, fire, EMS, they all now have to come to you and maybe they were going to a shooting or stabbing or whatever it was you were originally going to. So now you have another team coming to you while the other team's going there. So this stuff is, is dangerous. This stuff is, um, you know, you're putting people at risk, but you're putting yourself at risk. Looking at, what is it, 2020 stats, uh, let's see, 326 officers died in the line of duty last year. That's a lot, okay? There's a whole program, like under 100 and like all these, all these safe driving things that they have out there that they're trying to get people to, to have fewer law enforcement deaths. Like, I don't, I don't know what happened to this officer. I'm pretty sure they lived. Um, but watching that, I mean, that's a heinous, that's a heinous rollover and you could easily die from that. Now in 2020, we had, let's see, an aircraft accident. I don't know if you count aircraft as a vehicle, but I, I, I would 20 automobile crash deaths. You had, let's see, four motorcycle crashes, eight that were struck by a vehicle two that died in a vehicle pursuit i don't know if why that's not a crash but whatever and then maybe there's other circumstances and then 13 vehicular assaults so vehicles are dangerous 
more officers generally die to crashes than they do to anything else. Now, last year was probably one of the fewer times where that was a, a that didn't occur. And that's only because of COVID. COVID-19 took 208 officers last year. Um, when you look at gunfire, 45. That's a lot. And we knew that last year was out of control. You look at places like Chicago, you know, New York, all these shootings left and right, everything that was happening, um, even California. It was just, it was out of control. 45 officers died to gunfire. I don't know what gunfire inadvertent means, but uh, there was five of those. When you total up the actual vehicle involved deaths, it's 46. 45 gunfire, 46 vehicle related. And then you, there's other ones in there too, um, heart attack and drowning. And I mean, there's all, all sorts of stuff. But when you when you combine, when you look at those two and you compare them, you've got vehicles and you've got guns. It used to be like this, right? And and now it's kind of like this. So I I don't know. It's it's pretty it's pretty wild. So I think we did better last year in terms of vehicles, but I think a lot less was actually occurring last year that maybe that was affecting it. I think when people get bored, they start to do a little silliness and kind of test their, their limits. I think a lot of cops took a step back. There was lockdowns, there was all sorts of things going on last year that I think the officers stepped back away from being proactive and being out there and, and in your face kind of policing. Um, and I, I don't think we probably saw a lot of this stuff, but what are we doing? Slow down, slow down. If, if, if it's an officer calling for help because they're fighting for their life, I understand. If it's somebody calling and saying they heard some gunshots, slow down, forget that call. It is better for you to arrive alive than to have something like this happen where you crash, roll over, and possibly die. So please, everybody, fire, EMS, police, slow the F down. You know, and even if you know your neighborhood, I assume this officer is not brand new. And like I said, I had this story when it first came out and I, I knew what it was about and, and now I don't. But I mean, you look at this and, and it's... <laughs> It's reckless. I'm just gonna go in real quick. I mean, it looks like the car goes in the trees. That is craziness. Um, next episode, we're gonna we're gonna try, hopefully by then, find a video where there is a, a pit maneuver. It's an older video now. I think it was from like April or something of, of 2020. But it's a video where an officer pits a vehicle at like a hundred plus miles an hour and then the vehicle goes tumbling and the air officer goes airborne and all sorts of craziness occurs and so i'm gonna try to play that next episode and, and kind of break it down a little bit but that's another thing like just why why are we doing stuff like this and there's some circumstances in that video where, like i said i'll discuss that you know there was permission and there's kind of an order a command to stop this guy but we need to slow down. We need to not be reckless. We need to not do things that are going to get us killed or someone else killed. I mean, this is at night. There's probably not any kids out. I, obviously, there's a crap ton of people out, whatever the hell they're doing, because they're like screaming and yelling as they're watching this occur, like in a group. So there's people out. What if you roll over and you crush somebody? I watched a video one time, and it's not law enforcement related, but it's a vehicle that's at, a, at an intersection and it turns. And as it turns, it gets like clipped or, or hit broadside or whatever. Like it gets tossed and it rolls. And as it rolls, it rolls over a person that's just walking like on the sidewalk or, or like going through the crosswalk. And so what happens if you lose control and you kill somebody? I don't want to live with something like that. That's terrible. So anyway, that, that's my take on this video. We got to stop doing stuff like this, please. Okay, just, just stop.
Um, so coming out of Oregon, because they are the apparently front runners for law enforcement news lately, and you look at uh, all the stuff going on in Portland and Salem and all these different places, all hell's been breaking loose. Um, I have a video, or, or I had a video, I'm not going to show it this, this episode, but um, it was a, a riot, new riot in Portland. Um, I actually, I, I've got it. I can play it if we have a little bit of time. But it was just like as of yesterday or the day before. So it's not stopping. It's chaos there. It's still going on. Well, in their infinite wisdom, the legislature uh, and lawmakers have proposed a bill. And the bill would require that all Oregon law enforcement officers earn, it says four-year degrees, but the actual bill says two years. So I'm not sure why uh, this says that on there. It says regardless of how long they have served. So an officer who's 20 years about to retire in a year will need somehow to pull a degree out of their ass before they retire or they get fired. Does that make any sense to anyone? Um, no. So it says Senate Bill 612. Now I pulled up Senate Bill 612. And I'm going to show it here. This is what it is. Sponsored by Senator Frederick. Senator Frederick is a moron. And I'm going to tell you why. So you look through here. There's a lot of text. A lot of things that say a lot of things. And I mean, it's one page. It's pretty short for most bills. But it says a law enforcement unit that employs 50 or fewer police officers. And... It says corrections, parole, probation. This is everybody. This isn't just like your small time county sheriff's department. It says any person, blah, 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 who has not completed at least two years of post-secondary education cannot be employed. And then up here it says a department of more than 50, you must hold a bachelor's degree. And so bachelor's degree is going to vary within the time, um, you know, earned. So it, it could be, it could be a short period of time or ultimately it could take you eight years to get a bachelor's depending on how crap you were in college. Now let's talk about that. So when I see something like this and when I see discussions and hear things about, Oh, cops should have degrees. Why? Well, because so much is riding on the profession and, and they're arresting people and taking away freedoms and there's state statute to know and there's you know case law that comes out and they know they need to know it and blah 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 okay what does a degree do so if i go into college and say i get a degree in yoga or um, gender studies or whatever how does that translate to law enforcement now you can argue, oh, it's critical thinking and being able to create a report because you did essays and blah, blah, blah. That's fine. You can take a class on your own on how to write. You can take that type of content in a police academy, which they do. When I went into my law enforcement academy, there was a whole section on report writing and there was a whole section on how to write and, and things like that. So I watch people talk about this topic and I can't, I can't help. I mean, you, you can't, if you're listening to the podcast, you can't tell I have no hair, but I, I've pulled my hair out with these conversations, with these types of conversations, because it is stupid. Nothing, no degree in the land, whether it even be a criminal justice degree, whether it's politics or if there was community policing degree, if that was ever a thing, and maybe it will be. Um, I would love, here's what I would love. I would love for law enforcement to come together and create a law enforcement academy, a law enforcement um, kind of like a facility, educational facility, where people, whether they're current or retired or whatever can go and get a degree and and they get a degree in stuff that has to do with law enforcement criminal justice is is a trash degree i'm sorry if you have a criminal justice degree i apologize um 
it, it is not going to set you up for success in law enforcement. The only way you get set up for success in law enforcement is through the academy that that department teaches you how they do things. The state law, the case law, everything that has to do with that department and that state and, you know, that jurisdiction. And then FTO training, where you take that stuff you learned and you apply it in the real world and you're highly supervised. You have an officer there that's a field training officer, FTO, that is over you and, and basically making sure that at all times you don't do something stupid. And if you do, they're going to call you out on it. They're going to teach you better and you're going to move forward from there. And so I need someone and you can tell me if you're in chat right now, you can send me a message later and explain it to me. How does a degree translate to success in law enforcement? It absolutely does not. I can tell you from having 14 years total in law enforcement that I could have been in 14 years of college and have no effing clue what I'm doing setting foot in law enforcement. So law enforcement is one of those jobs, and there are a lot out there. I mean, even like retail jobs. There's no degrees for retail. You just go in, you learn the business, you learn how everything works, you learn how to treat customers, you learn how to communicate, you learn how to do all this stuff manage inventories and blah, blah, blah. And then you go on to something else or you promote or whatever, or maybe you just stay in it. Law enforcement, same thing. You go into it, you learn, you see how it's done. You apply that stuff. You get your PP slapped when you do something stupid, but then you do, you know, good stuff and you know, whatever. So it kills me that people think that this is such a high and mighty job that there is no way that you could do it without a degree. You can. I've seen some complete and utter morons, stupid, stupid people that have master's degrees, that have doctorates, that have all these degrees that are so great, but they're so stupid. They are so dumb. They go out there, and in law enforcement specifically, go out there and make so many, so many mistakes and do so many stupid things but they had a degree. Degrees do nothing. I saw when I, when I did a little search, it was one third of police officers have a four-year degree. Okay. Little more than half, they said 51% have two-year degrees. And then it says 5.4 have graduate degrees. That's half are, are already have degrees. And then you see things that are going on in this country and you complain day in and day out law enforcement sucks and they're not doing things right and blah, 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 and defund the police and do, do, do. But half of them have degrees. So uh, is the half that doesn't have degrees that are doing the, the wrong things that don't know how to police? Or does a degree really not translate to law enforcement? And I can tell you it doesn't. You can get a degree in world history. You can get a degree in art. You can get a degree in horses, whatever, from treating farm animals. And then you go out in law enforcement, you put a badge and a gun on and you put a uniform and you get in a patrol car and you do all this stuff. It doesn't translate. I don't know how to make people understand that, but it does not translate. So please, please stop with this nonsense. So when we look at the Oregon Senator... Fredericks or whatever the hell his name was. Well, uh, yeah, Senator Lou Frederick. Lou, you're a moron, okay? The brainchild, the brainchild of, of this bill. Corrections officers, police officers, probation and parole, reserve officers, who don't get paid, by the way, generally speaking, uh, would need degrees to police. Get the hell out of here. If I was a law enforcement officer in Oregon, I almost was. I applied to a couple departments there, and one of which was Portland. And Portland called me back or, or emailed me or whatever it was and said, hey, come on back in. We'll, we'll keep doing your testing and keep going. 
you know, go on to the next phase. And I was like, ah, I'm coming from a big department. I want a smaller department. Portland is a smaller department than what I was coming from, but I was like, uh, no. And so I started looking at small, like little cities of like hundred cops, you know, that kind of size. Oh my God, did I dodge a bullet? If I was in Oregon right now, I'd be like, nope, I'm out of here. I mean, I have no degree. I'm not, I'm not staying. And maybe they'll grandfather those guys in. I don't know. Would they have to? They would have to. Or they would have to put some sort of clause. And I didn't see a clause in the bill. Uh, I might have missed it. But I didn't see anything that says you have two years to get a degree. Like there's kind of like a, a little period, grace period. I didn't see any of that. So if it just goes into effect and they're like, see you later, guys. And half the shift goes home. And then half the police department doesn't show up for work the next day. You're a moron, Lou Frederick. So anyway, I, that's a topic I could go on for days about. I'm not going to. Um, but clearly, clearly, to me, my personal opinion, and I've talked to many others, I have the same opinion. Degrees don't translate to better policing. And in fact, like I said, I've seen a lot of stupid cops with degrees. I've seen a lot of stupid command staff with some really great, really great degrees, multiple degrees, masters and doctorates and all sorts of stuff. Like these people have are stupid, like just complete, have no street smart, have no anything other than book smart. And that is not a good cop. A, a good cop is someone that can balance books and balance street smart. So I don't know. Oregon, what are you doing? What are you doing, Oregon? What is happening in Oregon that it is every day something is in the news? Something new is always happening in that place. I don't know what it is. Um, this video comes out of Bentonville. Bentonville, Arkansas, I think. Um, they go to a home and the father and the son are involved in a family disturbance. In some states, they call it a domestic. In, in Colorado, domestic is between someone that uh, has an intimate relationship with somebody else. And so we don't refer to that as a domestic, but they, uh, they said that there is some sort of family disturbance. I'm going to try to pause the video before it gets too excessive, um, but you're going to see I, it's so fast. It's so fast. I'm going to put my, my cursor on the button ready to go. Um, because it happens so quickly and then I'll rewind it and we'll play it again and, and kind of cover it Which one's easier to kick? I don't know. This one's got a couch in front of it. So I'm guessing this one during the pew pew moment that's how fast it was that was how fast it, i'm trying to click the button and i couldn't click the button like i said this guy could have launched out of this house any faster we wouldn't have seen him it would have just been a blur it would have been like the flash he comes out with a knife and there's a guy i, I think the one that's recording he's like knife and, and another guy's like he's got a knife like they they notice that he's a knife but he charges at these officers and we're going to break it down just a little bit here. So the officer says, um, is there a couch in the way? There's something like locking the door. So he shoves the door really hard and you see the door go in. And then you see the officer in the doorway. That's your fatal funnel, right? That's your danger zone. And he's gripping his gun. He's getting ready to, to draw. Now, if, if I am forcing entry into a location, we better have a gun out already because you don't know what's happening. Now, it was nice when that officer was over to the side and he's looking through the window. He could say, hey, there's a guy standing right next to the door. He's up against the door frame or whatever. He's got a gun or he's got a knife or whatever. And, you know, that's a good spot to be in. It's a bad spot because the garage, if we back up this video a little bit, you can see the garage goes through. It's open. It's like right about there somewhere. 
but it there it is. So the garage door is open. If somebody comes out of, I think like in the middle of the screen there is the door for the interior and he starts shooting. I mean, you don't know what weapons people have. That's kind of a crappy place to be. Even crappier is the guy to his right uh, further over. He's in the fatal funnel of the door of the garage door. And so that's kind of a crappy situation. You don't want to be like your face in the window either because, you know, he could just shoot through a window or whatever. So this may not be the best position, although cameras are offset a lot. And so um, I had my last apartment, it's centered. I started that way, but then I had glasses and then I had like a shoulder thing. And like, so cameras move around. We don't know where this camera placement is, um, but the the officer is is clearly kind of centered up on this window, looking by his hands. He go around to the front and I'm just playing with no audio at this point, just so I can, I can talk over it. They shove this door in again. Nobody's got any firearms out. Nobody's got any tasers. Nobody's got anything ready to go in case something happens. Now this guy charges. You can see him. I'm just pausing right now in the center of the video through that doorway. If he had a gun and he's shooting through that doorway, this officer recording is dead. The other officer's getting hit in the arm. So you got to be careful about stuff like that. But you can you can see straight back he is pretty far back in that in that main living room area and then he instantly bolts for the door right there he is at the door like not even a second into that clip you know further into that clip he is coming now the officer that was in the doorway has now backed up that is incredibly smart that was a great move i would have backed up too this officer kind of next to him. So up on the porch there, there's one. And then there's a second one. The second one's kind of stuck. He's, he doesn't have anywhere really to go because there's some table crap behind him, And, um, you know, it's kind of hard to get off of there. So guy comes out, he just runs. He just turns and runs, dude. I would, I would probably do the same runs into the officer in front of him. I mean, that's just, he had nowhere to go. And, and dude is outside within like two feet of these officers in that split second. There was no time for a taser. Even if the, the officer at the steps right now had a taser out, there was no chance for that taser to be deployed. This officer that's standing off and, and recording, he's got lethal cover because he drew kind of pretty quick right away. Um, he can take a shot. But everybody else is pretty worthless in this moment just because we've got big guy jumping off the porch, running into the other one. The other guy is kind of like almost in the line of fire. He can kind of sidestep to the right and maybe get a good shot. Somebody fires. I don't know if it's our camera guy. I don't know if it's the, um, the officer that's offset a little bit or if it's even the officer because if you back up just a hair, I'll play it through again. It looks like the officer that's jumping off the porch is running into the officer who has a gun up. It looks like he has a gun up. And so, I don't know, maybe he took a shot. So ultimately, I think they said three officers fired. Ultimately, he dies. Um, he gets transported to the hospital and then dies. But he 100% took that on himself. I think it, it, it's hard to see, but it looks like in his right hand is that big knife. Uh, it was said to be a big kitchen knife. And I, I think it's very clear his intentions were there. The officers clearly saw the knife and you're going to clearly see things in, in actual, you know, with your eyes in the situation where we're not even going to see on body cam. And so whether it be the, the officers draw drawing down and he's blocking the camera, we just can't see it or the distance and the crappy video that these generally are. Um, this is not your 4K recorded video. It's hard to make things out. And so I'm looking at that video and it kind of looks like he's probably got the knife in his right hand. It's pretty big. And then he goes down and then they do uh, some life-saving uh, steps and, and give, render medical aid and things like that. But the story that I saw in the news was that the father was inside and he was like seriously injured. And, I, and they didn't go into details of what that means, so I have no idea. 
It could it could be he was just beaten with a bat or he was beaten with fists and he was just bleeding and it was just gross. Or he could have been stabbed. I don't know. It didn't say. Um, but yeah, it was uh it was that's a pretty wild, wild incident to be in. Now I was in law enforcement at the time. An officer went to a call. I was listening to the radio and the officer had his taser out. Another officer um, didn't, I don't think had his gun out right away. And a guy, bad guy came around the corner and like ran head into him, like just head first right into him. And he had a gun and that, that bad guy fires, shoots the officer. And then the other officer returns fire. Now taser is not going to win in a gunfight. So he was kind of screwed. Um, but that's just how fast this stuff can happen in a split second. You can see in a split second, that dude goes from inside across the living room to right there inside across the living room to the front door in like not even a second. Like that's a half a second. That's a full second. He's at the door. He's coming out the door. Not even two seconds later. The video can't even show two seconds. It's from 116 to 118. He's already outside. And that's how fast this stuff happens. So, you know, all these people, why didn't they shoot him in the leg? Because they're not morons. Why didn't they shoot the gun, at, the knife out of his hand? Because they're not morons. Well, why didn't uh, they use a taser? Because they're not morons. Because we're looking at a situation that evolved so fast that there was no other option at that point. And at least the one officer who jumps off the porch is going to get stabbed in the back by this bad guy if you don't fire. And so they did. I'm getting tired of people Monday night quarterbacking. And they have no idea what they're talking about. And I look at the video and I'm Monday night quarterbacking for the podcast. But, um, you know, you look at you look at this. I mean, it's pretty clear. I don't make assumptions on videos. If I cover a video on this podcast, I don't talk about like the what ifs and the, you know, whatever. I look at what what's there. I base my opinion off of my training, my experience and the things, you know, that I've dealt with. And that was so fast, so fast. There was nothing to do. There was nothing they could have done other than fire. So uh, this video here comes out of Portland. We uh, We love Portland. Oops. That's not it. Portland has kept. Portland has kept the internet alive. What's wrong? What is wrong with you guys? Why do you do this to us? Why won't you let us riot in peace? Okay. You're morons. If you come to any sort of situation with an umbrella, you're an idiot. Like this one with his, uh, looks like Resident Evil uh, umbrella. You're a moron. Okay. I'm going to back it up a little bit. So what you have is you, you have a takedown, takedown arrest. Now I'm going to play it through. And if I can, I'm going to mute it just because they're so loud and annoying. But I'm going to hit play. Watch this guy in the middle. This guy in the middle in the white, in the red backpack. And he's going to freak out and like jump around like an idiot. Look at him jumping. What are you jumping for? What are you doing? <laughs> so this is what I think is a, like a takedown arrest. They see somebody they want for whatever reason. And what people don't understand is law enforcement will set up a skirmish line like this. They will target specific people. And, you know, that person broke a window, that person did this, that, whatever. And they're going to snatch them with their snatch team. That's what it's called, a snatch team. And they're going to run up and they're going to grab them. So there's a big rush. And then there was an arrest something going on back here. And then there's this guy that they snatched up uh, right there with the blue jeans and they're hooking him up for whatever reason. I like these kind of gas grenades or they must be gas grenades. I've never seen 
a 40 millimeter launch like a a a plume out of it that's pretty impressive but they shoot them at the ground punk, and they kind of skip them off the ground so that's pretty impressive i like this guy i love these videos because you can even watch each individual person so you've got all these all these officers and some have like pepper balls and some have whatever some have shields they're doing their arrest right there that's a little snatch team but i like this guy in the middle look at the cop in the middle with a big ass baton that's like six feet long bright white <laughs> he's ready to go i thought it was like a gandalf staff and then what kills me is right at the end i'm gonna i'm gonna play it with sound because you need to listen but it it's the lone grenade that somebody tosses and it goes pink like the spoon pops out and it's just sitting there like it doesn't go anywhere it goes like five feet in front of everybody and it just sits there like all sad watch right here oh oh wait no right here there it is <laughs> it just it drops down right in front of them it just goes plink and doesn't really go anywhere and it's just funny to me so these people are morons portland you never cease to amaze but i am happy now to see that portland is starting to fight back a little bit um, portland officers in general seattle officers all those cops have been just destroyed destroyed by blm and antifa protests and the cities have been destroyed. All these things have been going on and they couldn't do anything. Their hands were tied. And if you think it didn't have anything to do with the election, and I don't mean the presidential election, I mean the mayor, the mayor basically told them not to take action. The mayor has control over the chief of police and can tell them what to do. And if they don't listen, they, they fire them. And so the mayor went out and into protests and was like, yay, I'm with you, yay, whatever. And then they started, he started getting a little kickback and stopped going. Well, as soon, I, like not even the day after the election and, and where he was going to stay on as mayor, he came out and was like, I'm tired of all this and this will no longer be stood for. What? You let it go for a whole year. Well, probably... I'd say like June, April, May, May to December, you let it go that long. And then suddenly now you give a damn. Yeah, that's because you are safe in your position and you don't have voters that are going to vote against you. The I think the running person that was going against him was like a Antifa person. So you don't want to piss off Antifa and everybody and they all go and vote for that person. And then you're you're stuck getting kicked out. But that was a political move. That was a hundred percent political move. And I'm sick and tired of seeing it. I'll leave you with one more thing before we go. We are right at about an hour, a little past an hour. Um, there was an executive order by the President Trump, the outgoing President Trump. And it, it was supposed to allow police officers, federal, like federal police officers, prosecutors, um, judges, all these people to to carry concealed, and it was supposed to be a nationwide thing. And I don't know if that's still happening or or what. Um, keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on that. Let me know if you if you hear any more about it. I know Biden came in with like a stack of. They showed his desk and had a bunch of things on it. They could all be empty for all I know, but a stack of executive orders that he was signing or whatever. And so maybe he. One of his executive orders was like all the executive orders that Trump put in are null and void. I don't know. But uh, anyway, thanks for being here. If you're listening, thanks for listening. If you're watching, thanks for being here. Thanks for checking out the live stream or the episode uploaded to YouTube. We're going to be back here again next week. Let's see the 28th at 10 PM Eastern as always. And what, what I, kind of part with in every episode is that law enforcement, paramedics, fire, dispatchers, military, all these people are, are, are standing on that thin line, right? They're out there, they're trying to do their jobs, they're trying to protect you, they're trying to help you, 
They're doing all these things, putting themselves out, and they don't get credit that's due to them. They don't get people to thank them. They don't get people to to go and get loud and support them in the media and, and Facebook and Twitter, the social medias and stuff. So I ask you, take the time. You know, these guys, they can't go on and do it, or, or ladies, they can't go on and do it because they get in trouble for making posts and, and, and speaking out against things that are going on. We have to do it. I'm a civilian now. I can put myself out there. I will never be in uniform again um, in, in law enforcement. I am too opinionated to ever put on a badge again because I will say something that I 100% mean and it will be 100% mean to somebody. So um, I can't do it, but I can be loud and proud and support law enforcement, support first responders, support military and dispatchers and everybody. And I can defend them while they're out there defending me. And so that's all I ask is that you do that. Join me, get loud, get proud. And let, let's let these people know that in 2021, that garbage is no longer acceptable. I'm your host, TJ, and thanks for being here. Catch you on the next one.